Welcome to the Weimar podcast of Government Policy, Real Estate, and You. I'm Liz Reckia, Government Affairs Director for Weimar. On June 10th, 2019, NARA announced they had invested in Proppy.com, a blockchain technology real estate platform. What is blockchain technology and how is it impacting real estate? You'll find out in this quick podcast. In September 2018, Weimar hosted our Economic Development Forum. We host these forums on even-numbered years so that you can be updated on the multiple changes about to happen and the progress of issues previously discussed. We opened Part 2 with a panel of three experts on technology and funding. Leslie Pico from Proppy.com was one of our panelists. Leslie was the first real estate licensee in Arizona to close a blockchain technology real estate transaction. We asked Leslie questions like, what is blockchain technology? Is it really anonymous and how does that anonymity work for chain of title? How does the purchase system work and how are the elements of each private contract enforced and tracked? Listen as Leslie describes the use of blockchain technology in the United States and internationally. So I'm going to start out with um, Leslie. First of all, tell us, it's all the rage, blockchain technology. Tell us what it is, um, depending upon the resources that you read, the technology allows for anonymity, or also is for complete openness, which seems to be a contraindicator there. Which is it, uh, and why is blockchain considered more secure than other methods of data security? I would actually um, say that it's pseudo-anonymous. If somebody were to discover a piece of identifying information and connect that back to your wallet address, they could easily identify who the person was who was involved in any sort of transaction. Um, Bitcoin really is a graph that charts all of the transactions anytime money is moved from one individual to another for whatever reason. Um, So in that case, it's not necessarily 100% anonymous. Um, There are steps and measures that you can take to keep that private. Um, Another really kind of vulnerability as far as the anonymity of it is concerned is if somebody really wanted to sit down and dissect and look for patterns in transactions and see, connect addresses, see where the uh, IPs, see where transactions were coming from, if there's a pattern in the numbers, um, you could also potentially discover somebody's identity um, that way. It is more secure in the fact that we've created this data structure that has effectively allowed individuals to manage the risks between them with varying incentives on their own. Um, Whereas, take a credit card, for example. And I know right now we we don't necessarily have Bitcoin accepted at retail locations, but it's coming. When you go scan your credit card for a purchase, you've pulled it out. It's on camera somewhere. The individual who accepted the card has seen it. You're swiping it. Now information is being transmitted uh, from the POS to the credit card issuer. And there are all these other points of vulnerability now where your information can be intercepted and used. Uh, So in that respect, I really do believe that blockchain is a lot more secure. And just by the nature of what it is, it's a decentralized data structure. And when you don't have just one central place where information can be manipulated, it's distributed across an entire network, just makes it that much harder. So it's a much larger deterrent than a centralized system. All right, thank you for that. And then you work for Mm Proppy.com as the ambassador, one of the ambassadors for that. First of all, tell us what an ambassador is, but it's a real estate site. So tell us a little bit about the ambassador and then I'll go on with the next part of the question. 
Yeah, so I actually am contracted um, to build the ambassador program. So what we're trying to do is scale at large. And real estate looks different whether it's in any of the 3,600 counties in the United States versus globally. Originally, the application was created to service the um, cross-border real estate transaction and help buyers who were looking to purchase property here do so in a way that was simple and fast. Um, we were able to incorporate smart contracts mm -hmm. and utilize them as um, different parts of the transaction as far as when it comes to escrow or conveyance mm -hmm. of funds from buyer to seller down to title. So we're able to settle these transactions between a matter of hours, not days or months, mm -hmm. um, especially with these international buyers. It's not so much like a real, residential real estate transaction where you're going through inspection and it's just a, a lot more complicated emotional process. Right. You're dealing with savvy buyers who know what they're looking to purchase and want to get it done immediately. Um, so that was the original concept. But real estate is real estate, and we've expanded to residential here in the United States. Um, Arizona specifically is very friendly as far as legislation is concerned. Uh, Congressman Schweikert is on the con uh, Blockchain Congressional Caucus. Uh, Representative Weninger um, actually helped pass some uh, friendly legislation as well so that we've incorporated blockchain language um, into our laws that do recognize not just digital signatures, but we included language like smart contracts. Um, it's not necessarily clear as far as being legally recognized um, that you can, it, the title itself is recognized on the blockchain yet. But we did just successfully pass that legislation in Vermont. So Vermont not only had their first pilot program with the county recorder's office there, but we were able to also have them recognize that as title. And they're going to be incorporating our blockchain registry uh, within their office. So it's not just a matter of it being a part of the application that we use to help make these transactions occur, but we're working to be recognized within the recorder's offices themselves. Okay, so when you say smart forms, can you sort of elaborate what that is? Yeah, so it's a smart contract. Smart contract. <laughs> and it's basically just a executable code. So you're able to take these business parameters, whatever your criteria is, and write them into code so that when that criteria is met, the code is executed. Now... I don't want to get too in the weeds on this, um, because just like when you get into your car and you drive it from point A to point B, you don't necessarily need to understand what the combustion of the engine and how all of that works. You just know that it's going to take you from point A to point B in a very easy, fast, efficient way. And that's the thing with blockchain, is that we've taken the complexities of the real estate transaction and essentially put them under the hood. So you have um, all of these users who have different incentives are able to utilize our dashboard application where you would sign in and see where you're at with the transaction. You're also able to shop for the property. So we help these buyers and sellers discover the opportunity as well as understand where the relationships lie. We do have quite a bit of realtors on the application itself. Because our model is not about lead generation and selling leads like your Zillow is or your realtor.com is, you receive the inquiries on the properties that you list on our application directly. Because what we want is to take you to the point of the transaction because that's where our revenue is generated. 
Um, so we help them in discovering that opportunity. Realtors put their listings so we can grow that. There's over 200,000 listings on the application now. A lot of it is concentrated in Dubai, China, San Francisco. We have about 50 or so properties listed in Arizona here. We've done a commercial transaction. We've done residential. Um, we've done multiple parcels as well um, that have been executed start to finish on the blockchain. So as far as the United States is concerned, it's really just a matter of continuing to work with uh, governments and passing legislation anywhere where we anticipate having bottlenecks or clearing things up so um, it's recognized, especially in a court of law. So take us through, if I have a listing mm-hmm. and I get an offer either from someone through the, the website mechanism or I have a buyer I find here in Arizona... Yes. Once we have a contract, it's bilaterally executed. Now what happens? Where, where does that contract go? Where is it housed? And then it takes us through the steps to actually close. Sure. So if the listing was already created on the property application, then you would initiate it there um, from the earnest money deposit down to negotiating the contract, having all parties involved sign. We do use digital signatures, but in this case, we also add the security of cryptography. Um, You would go step by step, depending on how many steps this state or that jurisdiction, that municipality requires as far as a real estate transaction is um, concerned. We may have to customize, and we do at scale develop any um, smart contracts that would be needed to help facilitate the entire transaction. So you would have a user account, your uh, person as a realtor, the individual you're representing would have their user account. Any other individuals involved would have their user accounts, and everybody would sign in, be able to see in one place in a cohesive manner um, only the documents that they were allowed to see. It's not that it's a free-for-all that everybody's exp- and your information's exposed. And you would go through each step um, in the Part of escrow, we do have an escrow smart contract, and we follow everything that's outlined in the original contract. Um, The funds are released as soon as all criteria is met. As far as the documents themselves are concerned, if anybody wanted to go back and reference a transaction, which you can because it is on a blockchain that is publicly available, the documents themselves are kept secure in a cloud storage but we use uh, cryptography, so it's a private key. And how you, as far as the security is concerned, you're able to look at that private key, and if it matches the key on that file, you can be rest assured that that file has not been tampered with, um, while not necessarily having to look at the documents themselves. Um, in Vermont, what we're doing as far as the title deeds and trans, you know, just that process of moving from their traditional method of storing title um, documents is that we're printing the digital deed on the documents themselves. Um, so if you really want a paper copy, you can have a paper copy. <laughs> but it's a way for everybody to be able to move on and reference that transaction later. Okay, so when you say it's um, open and available, so the key is, the key that you're talking about means that it's open to the people in that transaction to reference back to, not that everybody in their dog spot could see it. Is, so the key, I want my private contract to remain contract, even right. after close of escrow, right? Right. So um, the key isn't necessarily a key as in it will allow you to open the file to view the file. 
When I mean as far as a public key is if I were searching and uh, wanted to verify that you actually own this home, okay. it was sold to you from a previous party at any time, and I can match the public key to the key on that file, okay. I can rest assured that it's a secure and it hasn't been tampered with. Okay. It doesn't mean that I get to open that file and look okay. at the documentation. Great. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. So going over to Leslie, let's revisit the transaction we were talking about earlier on Proppy. And for us, one of the main things that we're always concerned about is that chain of title. Yeah. So when I read the, um, the sort of the, the blogs or the articles being put out by the title industry, industry particularly, one of their challenges is how do we get this backlog of data from the patent deed all the way forward? How do we get that from where it is now to migrate onto blockchain in a way that is that they can do in a cost-effective way and that they are assured that that chain of title is intact during that transfer. For us in the room, if we're doing a transaction right now, you had mentioned Vermont, and I saw the governor's signature. He was very proud of his legislation um, in Vermont. But the question for us is, okay, so the, re the recorder's office is recognizing the application's registration of that. But how do we make sure that our clients have all the warranties and guarantees that are inherent in a good title? How does that work with that? Yeah, I mean, um, we still have to be cognizant that your data is only as good as what the input is. Um, in the United States, it is a little more difficult because we do have title insurance, and it isn't the government that guarantees title. Um, in other countries, it's not like that. It's only the United States where we have title insurance and that it's the government that doesn't guarantee title. Um, so it's a lot easier for adoption in other areas, especially countries that um, are vulnerable to, you see a lot of corruption. Um, they don't have any title registry at all. So for us to be able to come in, it's very simple. Here, um, we're attacking it in a couple different ways. We are incentivizing the public I mean, there are actually a lot of um, agents, especially in the South, who have compiled their own records. I mean, having to go back hundreds of years. And what we do is we work with these individuals to begin committing and growing and building that registry as we simultaneously go to, um, a, you know, approaching the county recorders, running those pilots um, and getting to that point. So it will take a while. Um, what we've tried has been successful. Um, we're also incentivizing individuals who own their homes now to come forward and, and we make it simple for them to be able to commit their titles to the blockchain registry. Really, at the end of the day, it helps everyone, especially when you go to sell and that buyer's coming from another country um, or it's an investor and they're looking at this as a reference, as a tool, because that's really where our markets are heavily. Our buyers are coming from Dubai and China. And this helps them move forward with that transaction. Now, this whole transformation is going to, it's going to take a while. But at the end of the day, um, we've built this marketplace where today you can go, take advantage of this community, find that buyer, talk with that buyer. And at the end of the day, we pretty much charge between a 0.2 to half a percent of this final sales price for our transaction fee. Um, and that's where our cryptocurrency comes in. So our cryptocurrency wasn't just 
this digital money we decided to invent and then sell everybody who would buy a token, it has actual true utility. Um, on the Ethereum blockchain, you have what you need, what we call gas, to be able to move you forward and commit transactions to the ledger. Our cryptocurrency token is essentially that gas. So you would have to start with some tokens to be able to take your, um, the individuals through the entire process. And uh, that's uh, where we would also take you know, our, our cut from doing the transaction for you on this application. But um, committing title and where we're at today, it's basically working with the county recorders scaling with our transactions currently, getting the legislation passed that does recognize the blockchain title registry as the title registry in the county recorder's office. Um, We are working with title companies now, and there are other offerings that are going to come out of this. I mean, as far as the new markets that this is creating um, and the needs and uh, what we'll learn, because we can't anticipate everything and we can't assume everything, Uh, There's a lot of collaborative work there with uh, title insurance companies um, and our application. The transaction that we did in California, we worked with Fidelity. Fidelity is one of the heavy hitters in the industry. So uh, here in Arizona, we worked with Chicago Title on that transaction um, locally. And it's, it's been great. Everybody's enjoyed it. We've made it very simple. And it's just as simple as logging in, being able to see in one place where you're at, as a realtor who's doing a lot of volume and your client emailing you, where are we at? What's going on? Making sure that the contract that you're looking at is actually the most up-to-date and the one that everybody recognizes. Um, this application solves all of those issues. So you can def- kind of defray your workload and send your buyers over and you know, you can, they can see exactly, well, we're still waiting on this from Title, who's uploading settlement statement. And we're still waiting on this from you know, the individual here. And it's not necessarily getting tied up in all these emails. Um, and again, the security, knowing that you're all looking at the right document <laughs> at the right time, um, as well as being able to settle the transaction really within a matter of hours, especially if it's a deal where you've waived inspection, there's very other little you know, negotiations that happen is relatively clean transaction. We can definitely settle it within hours. And that was actually achieved with the very first one that we did in our pilot. It was the property that was purchased in the Ukraine by a San Francisco buyer, and it was settled within three hours. So what do you do? Because we're all familiar with Schedule B of the, of the title, right? So that's all the encumbrances, the clouds on title that have to be cleared up before we can move forward. How does this system take care of making sure that whatever clouds on title have been taken care of and taken care of appropriately? So that's all written into the smart contracts. And the smart contract will not allow the transaction to proceed until every part of the criteria has been met. And everyone involved that's affected in the transaction must sign off It's a multi-sig, it's a digital signature before you can proceed. So you would understand any outside party that is in care of ensuring that's happening also has to sign to be able to commit that and move on to the next part of the transaction. Um, And every... So how does that interact with... Because we're used to a physical escrow person saying, yes, yes, buyer, seller has cleared this cloud on title. So you can now both sign off and move forward. But we're not talking about a person 
doing that. So how do well the person right? doing that would sign into the application? Do we have an assigned like escrow person as yes. we would know it, mm-hmm. who's going to be that third party neutral party to make sure that everything is orchestrated yes. correctly? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so for cash deals, we may see um, intermediaries, you know, opted out before we will with any finance deals. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a whole nother animal. <laughs> And a lot of property, you know, is finance. The majority of individuals have mortgages, um, and we do understand that. Um, but there are still advantages to those individuals who are paying cash um, and investors. Mm-hmm. So we're solving the needs, and we're trying to service them in a way that it's technology, but we're also being able to take advantage of the security um, that the blockchain does offer. Great. Thank you. Leslie, we have a few more minutes. Let's talk about, um, let's go back to the deed registry and the math functions, which we can all sort of see in our mind how that works really well, um, changing when we go through that technological system and we sort of understand that flow. But there's unique provisions to every contract, some of which um, is, is difficult to do. It's, it's not a money transaction per se, um, sometimes it's even in the way that you've structured the agreement. We're going to give a thing instead of money. So in one of my years ago, it was a motor home instead of cash for a down payment, right? So how do we end up with that? Ex- there's a whole other exchange mechanism now. We're doing motor home for house or condo in addition to cash. So there's a complication to that. Um, you, have t- you mentioned the tokens. You have tokens on- for sale on your website. Can you sort of talk about how valuable consideration of all different types are taken care of in your system and how tokens are used within that system? So for valuable considerations, uh, we have not yet had a transaction with those nuances, but the way that the architecture and the framework was built was to anticipate things of that nature. Um, the founder of our company, she's in commercial real estate for 15 years. She went to Oxford. Um, she came up with the idea when Bulgaria was admitted into the EU, and all of a sudden everybody wanted to buy property there. But the problem was that it was difficult to discover that opportunity. Nobody really knew how to do it. People wanted to buy with circumstances such as what you just um, elaborated on. So we had that mindset from the very beginning. Um, When we come to a transaction that's going to require that, we're prepared to modify the smart contracts and make it work to fulfill those needs. Um, The other question that you had on the the token. So you say cryptocurrency, and I know uh, everybody has an opinion or uh, an understanding of it. As far as cryptocurrency and our application is concerned, we can facilitate transactions for people who are only willing to buy and sell for fiat, which so any currency, whether it's USD or um, such, or Bitcoin and Ethereum. We do currently have a buyer in Arizona that is on the application being represented by a realtor at True Realty. Um, who has what equates to about 150,000 USD in Bitcoin. And he's looking to purchase a home using that. Now, the sellers that he approaches, not all of them may necessarily be open to accepting Bitcoin in exchange for this home. 
So we responded to that by engaging with a third-party um, exchange. So when the currency and, and everything is um, conveyed, you know, transferred from buyer to seller, we actually take care of that currency exchange for them as well. So that the seller will receive payment in USD, um, but the buyer can pay in Bitcoin. Uh, our tokens come into play as far as moving from one smart contract to the next. So from one element of the real estate transaction to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, we still need to incentivize the community to commit this transaction to the blockchain. It's a whole separate other process, but that's what makes a public blockchain a public blockchain. Um, so you need computing power to be able to commit the transaction to this immutable ledger. And that's where our tokens come into play. Um, right now, early on, you know, everything that we've done, we've done in approximately the last year. So we did our fundraise last October, um, and it was about $15 million that we were able to raise through an ICO. So we were selling our tokens at about a dollar each USD. And in this time frame, we've been able to officially do those three transactions here in the United States lobby for legislation, have about 200,000 properties on the application, and we're successfully rolling out those more custom developments to meet Mm -hmm. those requirements um, of the transaction. And we do everything within, you know, the requirements of that county, that municipality. Um, We're not trying to break the law anywhere. (laughs) Um, But what we've introduced now is just a tool to make these transactions go faster and smoother. Um, As far as where it will go, it just really depends on the adoption at this point and the uh, legislative barriers and hurdles that we meet. So when I boil this down for for us in a transaction, we're still going to have the real estate buyer and seller agent. We're still going to have our clients. We're still going to have an escrow officer. Mm -hmm. What this is really doing is giving us a way to track the transaction and we don't have to worry about things like the illegal wire transfer mm-hmm, exactly. hacks. We don't have to worry about um, someone else get, taking our, our email signature, putting it on their email, and then getting exactly uh, representing themselves as us or the Modification escrow. of contracts, things of that, that nature. You'll, we eliminate that completely. Um, and it's completely free to use until we facilitate the transaction. Okay. <laughs> um, and that's, that's obviously where, and that's where we generate our revenue. Um, so we're, you know, we like to hear feedback from realtors. We've already rehauled the design, the interface, um, twice this past year based off of the feedback that we've been receiving. Um, we offered the currency exchange based off of the feedback that we're receiving because we also don't want to alienate any buyers or sellers. You know, if if there's some sellers who want to sell for crypto and it's a house that you potentially Mm -hmm. want, but you only want to pay in USD, we still want to make that transaction happen. Um, so we've introduced those different tools. So um, I would encourage everybody to visit it. And if you'd like to get on board, feel free to reach out to me and I can walk you through it personally. But as far as realtors individually are concerned, I don't think that we're going to be eliminating that person relationship. At the end of the day, it's just like for sale by owner. Mm-hmm. We're going to have users on the applications that are representing themselves and looking to purchase the property on their own. We're going to have individuals who still want to be guided by a professional through this process, especially because it's so different for everyone and for every transaction itself. 
And um, if you also look at just even trading or managing portfolios, I mean, individuals can go online right now today and you can create your own Equifax account or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then there's others who are still going to rely on a professional and the professional advice and seek out, you right. know, that relationship. So um, I don't think that it's a tool that will eliminate that unless you are just awful at <laughs> And that's not the tool. <laughs> and that's not the tool. That's not that you'll need a different tool. <laughs> Um, but it's, uh, it's just going to help add it to, as far as your competitive advantage. I know today, a lot of realtors, it's how do you stand out when you go on that listing appointment and you're vying to represent that multi-million dollar property, but you and the other real estate agent are all saying the same thing. You've all got the same marketing plans. Well, we've captured a portion of the market who a lot of them have come into this new wealth and are looking to diversify their portfolios mm-hmm. by converting some of it into real estate without having to convert it into USD mm-hmm. or interact with the Federal Reserve or outside the blockchain through that funnel. Um, and here's that opportunity to say, we're going to place this property in front of those individuals that the MLS can't, mm-hmm. that the Chinese MLS can't. And we're not exclusive. So you can use any other portal, any other um, website, any other marketing that you're doing. This can also just work um, and complement those efforts. Uh, And like I had mentioned earlier, the inquiries go directly to the individual who listed the property. So when you see the property and you fill out the contact because you want to know more about that property, you'll receive the notification directly. You can learn more about blockchain technology and NARS investment at www.wemargad.org. I'm Liz Reckia. Thanks for joining me today. Wemargad, advocating for private property rights, the right to private contract, and your business. This podcast is part of the C-Suite Radio Network, turning the volume up on business. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.